Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Chainsaw Carving Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking with Jake Rhodes. And Jake is a carver in Ontario, Canada. And I met Jake recently at the U.S. Open in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And I also became aware of Jake because he's been um, taking workshops with Jeff Moore at Carver's Cadmium. So I have Jake Rhodes on from Ontario, Canada. Hi, Jake. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Good, how are you? Good. Good. We actually got to see each other pretty recently at the U.S. Open in Wisconsin, so it hasn't been too long. Yeah, that was an awesome time. It was great meeting you. Yeah, you too. So the first question that I have for you, what's your story and how did you get started chainsaw carving? Um, Well, it kind of all started out for me. I was logging in B.C., and uh, I was in a logging camp out there, so I'd be gone from home for a couple of weeks at a time, and uh, we'd stay out there, and it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, so in the evenings, there was lots of logs and lots of chainsaws, and I always kind of wanted to give it a try. So, um, yeah, it started from there. A couple hundred bears later, they didn't look so bad. And uh, when I moved back to Ontario, that's when I decided to go full time at it so um yeah a bit of a learning curve but uh yeah it's it's been really good so when you were logging and you started out trying carving were other people doing it at all or did you just pick it up yourself um well I always knew I really wanted to try it and I never really knew where to to do it or what I was doing whatsoever um I actually just kind of went down to um, the logging yard. So it was away from the camp. There was nobody there. And uh, I just kind of started picking away at it in the evenings. Um, A lot of the other guys there, they were um, focusing more on drinking and and other things like that. But uh, yeah. Um, And there was also axe throwing too. A lot of the guys would do an axe throwing every night. So it, it it was a lot of fun though. Cool. Yeah. So. so kind of the way I met you or and or heard about you is you've been taking workshops some with Jeff Moore. How yep. have those workshops affected your carving career? Well, I took the first one in February and I was talking to Jeff about it. And so I decided to go do the 14 hour drive down to go see him. And uh, it has definitely helped me a ton. Um, I also did another one recently a few weeks ago with them before the U.S. Open. Um, but uh, going there, it's you learn a lot more than just carving. Um, I was expecting to go there and learn how to better carve my bears, but I ended up learning a lot more about how, how to run a successful business uh, doing the carving. Um, there was so much to take in and... Like, you learn about advertising, um, different tools that I had never even thought about using, um, how to get the higher price jobs, the work you have to put in to get the higher price jobs, um, anatomy, you name it, the list goes on and on. So, uh, I know, even, even sometimes when I'm hanging out with Jeff, I get really good life and carving advice. Yeah. But, 
I can't imagine if it was more focused and intense. Um, so was it just like a one-on-one or were there other people when you were at your workshops? Um, so it was one-on-one. So basically just went, hung out in the shop. Um, the first day we kind of talked about some ideas on what we kind of wanted to try and what I really wanted to work on. Um, but the main reason I had gone there is because I wanted to learn about um, the lamination process add-ons I had never done any of that stuff before so that was my main reason on going and I definitely learned that and a lot more so um, but yeah just one-on-one we started off with just doing a simple uh, bear bust out of um, an 8x8 and before even carving uh, we decided to add on the snout in the ears Um, so that yeah is very helpful and he's very thorough with everything. So, um, and afterwards, even any questions I had, I've been asking him and, uh, yeah, he, he's helped me on a lot of projects just over the phone. Yeah. I remember the first time I did a big lamination project, I was pretty overwhelmed and I remember calling Jeff and I was glad I did. Cause I, I did a lot better job after getting his advice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I, I had tried it once before adding something on and I really had no idea what I was doing. And, uh, as soon as I took the screws out of it, this leg fell off the bear I was working on, but, uh, I haven't had yeah. a problem since the class or the workshop. So it's sure, uh, but it, it, it's well worth going to for anybody. Cool. Yeah. So, so re- we mentioned that recently we were both at the U S open and, uh, they actually asked you to help out and carve in the big tent when Brandon Kroon had to drop out of the competition. What was that experience like? I mean, you weren't you weren't actually one of the competitors, but they wanted to kind of fill that spot. So you you were carving in the same size log, you know, with the same amount of time in the big tent. So what was that all like? Well, I, I had went there um, because I was at Jeff's uh, right before that, and then we left to go to the U.S. Open. Um, and he just told me, you know, come check it out, see what everybody's doing and volunteer. So I went there with no thought in my head that I would be carving at all. Um, so I didn't bring any tools. I didn't have any ideas and I was just planning on watching and cleaning up sawdust basically. Um, so when they first had told, asked me to carve, I was a little, um, nervous I guess I could say Um, because yeah it just wasn't expected at all and uh, yeah I I don't know how to explain it but uh, it it was an awesome time I uh, um, so I had a little bit of a late start but it's not like I was uh, competing so it didn't matter all that much Um, but yeah we set up a log and kind of went at it with the first idea that popped in my head um, but it was a little nerve-wracking carving with some of the best uh, right beside me. So right, um, yeah, it was. Um, I know it was I an was experience. Carving, I was carving outside the big tent, and you know, we're just kind of engrossed in what I was doing. And I walk over once in a while to see how the competition's going. And I remember, you know, the signs hanging there that says Brandon Croon from Australia, and I know Brandon, so I'm going. 
Mm-hmm. Right? That's not Brandon. Who's <laughs> who's in there? And for were people asking you questions about Australia and stuff? Because because yeah. for, at first the sign still said you were Brandon Croon from Australia. Like I mean, it was so loud in there, and I had my muffs on. But the amount of faces that I saw, and they'd read the sign, and I can just see them mouthing Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I even had this one lady uh, come up to me while I was gassing up my saw and I take off my muffs and she said, um, do you speak English in Australia? <laughs> said, well, I'm actually from Canada, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they still do as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was an awesome experience. I, I had never uh, been to an, an event like that, never mind a, a competition. Like I've been to a few uh, smaller ones around where I live but uh, yeah it was just a whole new experience and uh, I really didn't even want to leave (laughs) I know I know I never want to miss it I actually skipped a once every five year family reunion to go oh okay yeah it's just great being there (laughs) priorities yeah right and sometimes you know I mean I I would never pass up carving but sometimes I feel like I want to go and just watch because you know, when you're carving, you miss so much. And if you're watching, you can see everyone's process and, and learn so much more if you're not carving. I, I was kind of thinking that as well, because I, I really wanted to go there just to watch. But I, I, I am really glad that I did end up getting to carve. Um, yeah, incredible so, opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also the speed carves, I wasn't really prepared for either. And uh I, I wouldn't call myself a speed carver by any means, but uh, what some of the guys there or everybody was doing in the speed carving, it just kind of blew me away. And um, here I am doing the very basic stump bear. You know, I always look up and and I'm just amazed going, did they start when I started? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I do this uh, little stump bear in the hour speed carve. And then when it's all done, I think, wow, I, I can't believe I did it in that time. And I look up and Stephen Higgins had carved the whole bear bench. And, right. and then later walking around, uh, uh, Abby Peterson had carved this great big bear bench as well in the hour speed carve. And I was yeah, blown away. So I thought it was funny one year um, I was doing a speed carving and I was at an event. I won't say which one, but <laughs> I was really frustrated because they'd, they'd like given us a lot of misinformation and wrong information and no information. And I was just getting really frustrated and I had to do a quick carve and I did it kind of out of anger. <laughs> so I wasn't, I wasn't thinking as much. I was just like attacking this log and it ended up being my best quick carve ever. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think definitely if I ever go to another event like that, I would, uh, think a little bit harder about my quick carves um, because it does uh, help bringing home a couple extra bucks too. And, um, right. So, yeah. I know, trying I, to figure out what people want to buy in the auction. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people don't have room for the, the bigger pieces. So um, mm-hmm. that's definitely something I would focus on a little bit more. So this is kind of along the same lines, but what was it like being able to carve with all of the internationals? How did how did that affect things? It was it was a really cool experience because uh, 
like a lot of these, I had never really met any of these guys before, just see them on Facebook and everything. And, um, just kind of in amazement of all their work. And, uh, so it was really cool actually getting to meet them and then never, never mind carve beside them. So, um, I loved seeing all the different kind of, um, carvings from people in different areas, kind of what they focus more on, I guess. Sure. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So, no, it, it was a really cool experience and uh, yeah, just like uh, getting to carve beside all my idols. Basically. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so. I know, I, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was talking to one of the internationals a few years back and they said something to the effect of, <clears throat> I they appreciated that I tried to talk to them mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of them, I shouldn't say a lot, but some of them don't speak English. Yeah. And I'm just amazed at, you know, them traveling to another country where they don't necessarily speak the language and trying to figure out the rules of the carving competition and whatnot. And, you know, we don't always fully understand what each other is saying, but a lot of times they appreciate the attempt because they said they've been to some events where people just don't talk to them because they know that they don't speak the same language and then they're kind of lonely, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking that as well. Like, I don't know if I would um, have the courage to, to go to some of these countries and I'm the only one that speaks English and uh, yeah, just that huge language barrier must be very difficult, but uh, I, I did my best to, to try and talk to everybody. And sometimes I just have to, to give a thumbs up looking at their carving or whatever. But, right. Uh, yeah. I know a few of us were looking at trying to get like a uh, translator apps on our phone. Cause we have oh, okay. so much technology now. The only thing I was nervous about is like, how, how are you sure that it's accurately translating what you're trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Kind of get thrown off there a little bit. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they, it, it, it was really great to, to see everybody's work there. And uh, yeah, I had, I had an absolute blast. So then my next question for you, what sacrifices have you had to make to become a chainsaw carver? Cause this isn't, you know, what you've always done. Um, so I guess in terms of sacrifices, I definitely lost a huge aspect of my social life um, because I, I don't get to see my friends as much now as, as I used to because um, it seems like all I do is really carve. Yeah. I, I'm at it seven days a week. Um, but it's not that I really have to carve that much, I guess, but it's more that that's kind of all I want to do. So, um, mm-hmm. But that's, that's a huge part of it as well. And kind of when I moved back to Ontario, um, I wanted to make sure that where I move, I want to be able to do the carving full time. So I moved to an area where it's mostly all cottages. So in the summertime, there's a there's a ton of tourists. So um, I don't really have a whole lot of my friends and family living where I live now. So okay. that that's a big part of it as well. I guess not being able to see everybody. Um, sure. But also starting a business as well it's very hard to um when you're starting a new business is um, being able to get a mortgage or loans or anything like that um because 
where I am, they want to see three years of your business in order to get a loan or anything. But I knew that this was what I wanted to do. So I was going to make it work either way. Yeah, I've heard people have those types of issues here in the States too. Mm -hmm. With um, banks not thinking that what they're doing is legitimate or they don't have enough, like you said, enough background. So that can be tough. Yeah, absolutely. A friend of mine, um, he, he's ready to, to do the the switch over to full-time, uh, but it, it's just hard because uh, he, he just moved and he's not able to get a mortgage now because um, he doesn't have a regular nine-to-five job. So he's, uh, he's going to have to uh, hold off a little bit longer and, uh, and keep working nine-to-five until he is actually able to start a business. So yeah, that's tough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it it is sometimes hard to doing this, but, um, I love what I do. So it's worth the sacrifices. That's good. Yeah. So maybe you somewhat already answered this, but what do your friends and family think about the chainsaw carving? I know, when I first started carving, my friends and family were kind of like, you're doing what? You know, like they hadn't heard a lot about it and um, they just were a little confused. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I have I have a ton of support from everybody around me uh, into getting into this. Um, where, I, where I do live now, the one person that I knew around there was my uncle. And um, he, he's helped me out a ton into getting in me um helping me make this work uh doing it full time so whenever i need a hand with anything he's always there to, to definitely give me a hand and uh spread my name around a little bit when i first moved there but um so he, he's been a huge help everybody else has been has been awesome about it too um but when i did want to do it full time i remember my dad saying to me like uh are you sure about this i don't think uh, you'll be able to keep busy at this full time and he, he was really nervous about my first winter, too, because uh, in the wintertime where I am, uh, there's absolutely nobody around. So things <laughs> things slow down a lot. Um, okay. But my fiance Emily, she's, uh, she's been a huge help in supporting me with everything, and um, her opinions on everything is great, too. So she um, she's now starting to help me out with a lot of the painting and staining. And, uh, so she's, she's really involved and it's, it's great to have her, to have her help me like that. So. Oh, that's cool. And she's I, uh, ready to start carving as well. So she wants to try it out for herself. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually just picked her up a little still 120 battery saw. So, um, she's got a saw of her own and we're going to try doing a few bears this fall together. So. Cool. I know, um. A lot of people have said to me how cool it is because my my family comes to a lot of carving events with me. Yeah. And uh, it's just neat. You know, my husband doesn't carve, but he he likes fixing the saws and stuff that I don't like to do. Yeah. Uh, But it's great. We kind of plan our family vacations around carving events. And (laughs) the kids like seeing their friends from you know, years past that they've met at different events and we've kind of made it a family thing. So that's always fun too, if they like to be involved. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Like, um, 
right now, Emily, uh, she runs a bakery. Uh, so, she, so far, she's kind of missed all my shows that I've ever been to, or especially this one, uh, the U.S. Open. Um, but I think that uh, next year, she's uh, actually sold her business. So, um, she's planning on coming to all the events with me and everything. So, I'm really looking forward to that. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so I, I think that'll be great for us to kind of go get to travel everywhere and hopefully in the future get to go a little bit further. Um, I know. And I always pick events. I, I've said this a lot on the podcast, but I pick events based on where I want to go vacation anyways, so that, um, the family's motivated to come with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that works out perfect. So, um, yeah, I can think of a few places that I'd really like to go and I haven't even looked to see if they ever have chainsaw carving events, but it might sure. be worth a look. <laughs> I know too, like my extended family early on, you know, they were so excited that I was a chainsaw carver and I was in these events and they were kind of like, couldn't believe it. And they were at all of them. And oh, really? then, and now it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Molly's going to another chainsaw carving event, you know? Yeah, they're <laughs> over it. <laughs> they're like, let us know when it's over. <laughs> no, I, they, they're still really supportive, but maybe not as excited as as they were to come to everything before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, yeah. Like when I, when I first started out actually, um, because where I, where I live, there is a few smaller events. Um, so there's maybe 10 carvers that go to it and it's a great time. That's kind of where I first um, met a lot of the carving community, like in my area anyways. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun, but yeah, my, my parents would go, um, see as well but uh yeah they're uh it's starting to seem like uh i'm doing a show or an event every other weekend now so right <laughs> yeah so how you mentioned a little bit about the ontario winters how do you carve during ontario winters um it's they can be very cold <laughs> um we had snow on the ground at my house from the beginning of november and uh the last little bit, there was still a little bit left on my birthday, which is May 1st. So wow. it, it, it is a really long winter, and uh, we get some really cool temperatures. Like, there's, it's pretty average if something, if it's minus 30 or minus 40 out, that's Celsius. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm not too sure what that is in Fahrenheit. I'd have to look it up. I'm bad but at yeah, that. It, it, it's pretty cold anyways. Yeah. Um, so where I'm carving right now, it's just a little, um, actually probably about eight by 16 shed and half of it is divided. So I have like an eight by eight area that's heated. And then the other half is just open and that's where I do my carving in. So it's a little tight. Um, but I kind of have to hunker down in there and do all my carving in that little spot. And then every 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I'll have to go into the heated room and kind of warm up my hands for a while and put on an sure. extra layer. Um, so is some of it open, like for exhaust, or how does that work? Yeah, I, I usually use my battery saws in there, but okay. uh, I, I do use gas saws in there. There's enough airflow that it, it doesn't really, it doesn't linger in there, the exhaust or anything. Yeah. Um, but... Well, last winter I had a hernia surgery done in the beginning of January, 
and it was right after I got all my Christmas orders done and everything. So um, I wasn't really set up to have any logs that were weren't buried in snow. So right. after I was better from my hernia surgery, it, it would take me a full day just to dig out a couple of logs. Uh, I was wondering about that because it th- that's actually my I'm kind of in northern Minnesota, which isn't as far north as you, but my yeah. biggest challenge is not like you said, having logs out and available, having logs that aren't buried and frozen in. Yeah, exactly. So it, it would take me forever to get these logs out because after the three weeks or so before, like during my surgery, so I could go carve again, I wasn't able to plow or anything during that time. So all my logs, they had maybe three or four feet of snow on top of them. Like this was the most snow we've gotten in a long time too. So there was, yeah. there was a ton of snow. So after a day of pulling just maybe two or three logs out, I would have to sit there with the tiger torch for 45 minutes an hour, just getting all the snow off these logs. Um, just so that, because you'd have like a layer, one inch layer of ice all around them. So, um, it, it was tricky, but right now at at my house, I'm actually building a shop. So I'm hoping to be in there for this winter and uh, be a little bit more prepared. Um, so I'm, I'm building a 24 by 36 shop uh, right now. And then it also has a 20 by 24 foot overhang with a, a concrete pad under that as well uh, to carve on. Um, okay. So my plan is I'd like to put a lot of logs kind of under that overhang to kind of keep them dry at least for, for a little while. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping this winter is going to be a little bit easier on me. So. Good. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you, you probably already know about this, but I got it on accident. I bought a, a Husqvarna 550 XP and it has heated handles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I... <laughs> and well, I actually, when I first got it, the handle heaters were on and I didn't know it. And without gloves, it actually gets so warm that you have to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, I know the. It'll burn you. When I was logging, we'd have those because, uh, yeah, there were some really wet, cold days, and that was a lifesaver then. But uh, right, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind uh, if I could put that on my on my uh, carving saw now. Actually, that would be uh, right. Wouldn't be yeah, a bad idea. Cool. So, um, I've had frostbite in my toes and fingers before, so my fingers seem a little bit more sensitive to the cold. So I, I do yeah. have to go in and warm up. A fair bit so um really looking forward to the heating heated flooring too this year so oh yeah for sure yeah that that should be a lifesaver as well yeah. yeah so i think you talked a little bit about this with competitions but where do you see your future with carving are you planning to attend more events or compete more um i would love to really um it's kind of something that has always really interested me. I'd love to compete. Um, not so much for the competing side of things, but just for um, the carving community. I, I really like really like that aspect of it, um, getting to carve with all these guys, seeing how they're doing things, um, seeing how everybody's kind of has their own style and everything. Um, so that's something I definitely like to get a little bit more involved in. Um, so, and 
I'd love the idea of actually traveling, like we were saying earlier, to to go to some of these. So we'll see what the future brings, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a few spots I have in mind that I'd really like to go to in the future. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And then, do you what advice do you have for new chainsaw carvers who are just starting out? Since you kind of somewhat recently went through learning a lot, do you have any ad- good advice? Um. Yeah, there's quite a few things that I I would say. Um, definitely learn up on the tools that you're using um, for some of the safety features, I guess, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, like, it sometimes makes me nervous when I see some people using a chainsaw. Not, not carvers, but just people that don't really use a chainsaw all that much. Um, mm-hmm. So... Um, I've seen enough guys when I was logging and working as an arborist uh, that they've gotten bit. Um, but yeah, learning up on your tools and also Jeff Moore's class. Um, there's so much to learn from that guy. And no matter what level you're at, he's willing to to teach you if you're willing to spend the time with him. And he's, sure. and he's definitely not paying me to say this. <laughs> um but yeah, like I mean, on Facebook even there's so much great advice on there with all the carving forums and everything. Um, it can help anybody that, that's just starting out for sure. Right, and they'll 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 steer you right if you're if you need safety advice and stuff too. I actually, yeah. when you're talking about that, um, you know, for the most part, carvers kind of know what they're doing with the saw. But I did at one event, I did carve next to a guy, and he asked me you know, where my battle scars were, like where had I cut myself with a chainsaw? And I was like, I've never cut myself with a chainsaw. Not that I couldn't and, and people have, and even people that are great with a chainsaw, it happens. But this guy had, he had cut himself in so many places. Like he had hit himself in the forehead. He had cut his thumb off. He'd cut his leg. I mean, it was, it just went on and on. And when I was carving next to him and I'd watch him carve, he made me really nervous. Yeah, you can see why. <laughs> like it was going to happen again. Yeah, well, yeah, that's kind of scary. Another <laughs> thing that, too, like I was at an event once, and there was a guy that was just getting into it, um, and he was carving next to me. And, like, the first thing he pulls out of his toolbox was one of those um, those chainsaw wheels for uh, a grinder. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I said, yeah, you should probably just put that back in your toolbox. Right. Um, but, yeah, the even on the carving forums too, there's a couple of really uh, bad pictures of what those things can do. Yeah. Yeah. I know once in a while I'll be sco- scrolling through Facebook and my kids are sitting by me and there'll be like a gory mangled hand or lit and they're like, what is that? Ma? Yeah. <laughs> like that's what happens if you don't know how to use your tools or, or like I said, I mean, sometimes it's just an accident. We can all do it, but yeah, no, absolutely. Like you never know. Like, um, I just got one of those new saber tooth, um, the really aggressive, um, die grinder bits. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I've never had really had a problem before, but, uh, those things are awesome, but they can be jumpy and somebody who's not really expecting that kind of jump, it can, uh, that can be kind of scary too. Right. I know a lot of people, um, actually the guy that taught me how to chainsaw carve, he always was like, be more afraid of the grinder than the saw. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? But I have a lot of my friends. That's the thing that's gotten them is the grinder. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I've never, I've never been bit by anything just yet. And hopefully I never will. Um, but yeah, you never know. You really, really don't because uh, it can happen just like that. Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that's about all the advice I really have now and just practice, practice, practice. Like nobody got where they are now on their first couple of carvings. So, um, and even myself, I'm, I'm pretty new to this as well. So, um, everybody's constantly learning. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I really appreciate you being on, Jake. I know sometimes it's intimidating when people ask you to talk about yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was great to meet you in Eau Claire, and I hope we get to see each other again next summer. Yeah, sounds great to me. Thank you for listening to the Chainsaw Carving Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to go and check out our other episodes. And also, let's make sure and get the podcast out there so that other carvers have an opportunity to hear from each other and learn from each other and feel more connected to the carving community. So if you could please um, review the podcast, like the podcast, share the podcast with your friends, share it on social media, we would appreciate it.